Hello and welcome to episode 297 of Fergon the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRP. And join me as always is the glorious League Freak. You can also find me on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm going all right. I've been um, eating tacos and drinking milkshakes. What about you? Uh, I've been uh, drinking tacos and eating milkshakes. Oh, that's fair enough. Yeah. I like to mix it up a bit. Yeah, well, you, uh-huh. you've got to, you know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't go with the norms of society. Variety is the spice of life, they say in public restrooms. <laughs> they do indeed. Just ask any. Uh, yeah, we won't go into nah. names. No, um, but yes, there's the. Uh, we'll, we'll get into this little quick story. The integrity unit is going to investigate a video of an Eels player having a um, a jolly good time in a toilet. It's a video that wasn't taken by him, but by, I dare say, one of his teammates. And uh, I don't know who took it, but, like, I don't know. I just find it weird. I feel sorry for him, hey? Yeah. It's uh, because the player is the one that's going to cop the shit over this, even though he's, you know, probably could have found somewhere better to engage in this... uh, this interaction with his uh, with his colleague. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of it. I'm trying to think of better places. Public fountain, the Royal Botanic Gardens, Mrs. McCoy's chair. Um, where else? Central Station. Central Station. <laughs> Ever been in the toilets at Central Station? Yeah, it's a um, um, it's a harrowing experience. Yeah, it's like a different level of toilet. It's like it's like I don't know. You come out of there and you, it's like you've watched the first fifteen minutes of Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> and I go in there and just go, ah, oh, I don't remember going to Leichhardt. <laughs> it's not as bad as Leichhardt. Um, yeah. <laughs> It's interesting, like, what is the integrity unit, like, how do they investigate this? <laughs> they I watch the video, know. I guess, and then they try and find out who posted it or who took it. Like, you can't give Edwards in trouble because he he didn't ask to be filmed. No, you, the, the player involved in the video is not doing anything wrong, essentially. Yeah. Um, but if the person who took the video and shared it around is not an NRL player, what's yeah. the integrity unit going to do? Exactly. There's nothing called, they can do. I called him Edwards. I got the name mixed up, hey? It's not Edwards. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not a Panthers no, player. No, 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 no. Panthers um, players just dance on TikTok. That's the worst they do. <laughs> oh, and, oh, and they're fucking arrogant. Yeah, the two, that's the two worst things. They celebrate their success and they dance on TikTok and, like, you know, disgusting on both yeah. accounts. Has the Integrity Unit actually investigated Penrith for their arrogance? That's a good question. Maybe they should. Into. Yeah, well, mate, that's, uh, that, that's something that needs to be looked into as well. Um, we'll move on from that. Yeah. Um, Trent Merrin today has announced he's retiring. Did you hear this one? Yeah, I did. I thought it was a good move by him. I thought he looked 
um, he he just looked out of place on an NRL field, and I yes. was kind of surprised that the Dragons persisted with him in first grade as long as they did. And I think they it's a a good decision by everyone. Two things: I thought he was he was struggling a bit last year, mm-hmm. and I'm surprised the Tigers didn't sign him. Yeah, he feels like he'd be a good like five eighth for the Tigers, hey? Even if they signed just to be a prop, yeah, he and uh, he and Russell Packer could just be the bookends. You know that they would be thinking to themselves, Trent Marin as a centre. Hmm. <laughs> well, he's about the same size as Joey Lolua, <laughs> <laughs> about the same speed. I feel like he wouldn't fuck up as much, eh? Yeah, well, he doesn't have a brother out there to defend. Yeah, he'd be an upgrade, actually. Potato, can you get you get onto uh, to Mez see if he's keen on switching clubs? <laughs> Sounds like a tiger. He just retired. Yeah. He might be cheaper too. Yeah. I wonder if the dragons are being up for a swap. Play swap, but uh, uh, trying to think of who you'd want from the tigers. Well, Maybe save James Tarmo. No, you, you've got to. We, we're thinking of someone that we don't want in order to get something else that we don't want. It's got to be a like for like swap for the Tigers. Ah, uh, okay, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't do upgrades or downgrades. They just do sideway grades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Constantly move sideways. Um, no, I, I agree. I think that's a, a wise move by Marin. Um, interesting that he came out with that decision what, a week after Josh McGuire turns up at the club. Yeah, that is. I mean, I, I guess maybe they said to him, look, we don't have any plans to use you in first grade for the rest of the year. And maybe he was like, well, you know, I'm going to retire then. But it seemed yeah. like he, you know, it didn't seem like he was properly forced out of the club. I, I feel like it was a, it might have been six or one half a dozen of the other, I guess. Yeah, I think it's something that he, he pretty much decided that he needed to do. Yeah, yeah. Um. Now, last week there was some news coming from North Queensland, and I think it might have been Todd Payton saying that he'd be looking at getting a halfback who's experienced, uh, someone like, you know, just off the top of my head, um, someone like a Chad Townsend would probably go pretty well like, as mm. far as what he wants, just someone with a bit of experience, not looking for someone who's a game winner, just someone who can steer the team around the park and have a reliable enough kicking game. And then, uh, was it, I think yesterday, it was confirmed that Chad Townsend is going to the Cowboys as of next year. Yeah, on a three-year deal, which is, I, I I think he's definitely an upgrade, but I don't know that I would have given him three years. I think I would have given him one year and a, an option in the team's favour for the second year. But, you know, if I'm if I'm the Cowboys and I've got zero stability in the halves right now, I can see where they're like, look, he's going to have up days and down days, but at least we know we can pick him every week and it's not going to be an absolute disaster every week like their current halves are. Yeah, at least they've got someone who actually is a halfback. Mm-hmm. Um, they can carry someone who's got a bit of spark about him, I guess, at six. Yeah. No, they've actually got a seven there. Um, but they are going to need some creative spark, I guess, in the halves or at fullback. Because Valentin Holmes is an out-and-out finisher. That's mm-hmm. what he is. He's a great finisher. But he's not a creator. 
Mm-hmm. So you you're stuck now with needing a five eighth or a hooker who can create from you know either from dummy half or from first or second receiver. I don't know who they get for that job though. There's I mean there's talk that they're looking at Tom Dearden to partner Chad Townsend, which would be a very wise move if they could do it. I can't see the Broncos letting me go though. Yeah, I'd be shocked if they let Dearden go just because they've sort of set it up for him to be the next great white hope out of uh, out of there, which they always love to bring one of those along every so often. And it'd be a shock if they let him go at that point. Um, I don't know. I was going to say, I think Dearden, though, has a lot more potential than Croft. Oh, yeah. And so I think that's more of the reason why they're keen to go that in that direction. True. And look, I've I've liked some of the things I've seen from Dearden. Obviously, there's only so much he can do in that um, Broncos team. And he hasn't played much first-grade football. Like, he's still learning how to play halfback. Yeah. But, you know, he's been all right. He hasn't... Some young halfbacks, you see them come in, and you're like, oh, man, he is not ready. And I don't feel that way about Dearden. No, no. He's he's definitely... Um, he's definitely ready for the for the NRL. Mm-hmm. Um, just doesn't have a great squad around him. Uh, Peyton is right, though, to be focusing on the halves. I mean, there's not much point having... He's got a, a reasonable-sized pack. There's no point having yeah. that, though, if you've got nothing creative out off the back of it, I guess, to score points with. Saying that, they haven't been scoring reasonably well the last two weeks, but uh, uh, their defence is still a mess. Horrible mess, so... If they can get a halfback who can help direct their attack around and keep their line a bit more intact, mm-hmm. um, hopefully everything else will come into line. Would you but, have signed, signed Chad Townsend? Um, yes, but like you, I wouldn't have done it for three years. I mean, he's going to be 31 when he turns up there next year. Mm. You know, I would, I'd have put him on two years maximum. You know, how, many one, half, how many halfbacks... In rugby league's history, have been anything close to productive at the age of thirty-four? All of them, haven't they? <laughs> Let me you just bring like Maddie Johns. Maddie Johns, yeah. I'm trying to think. Like, yeah, yeah. I think Thurston I, was still pretty good at thirty-four, but he it like he ended. tapered off pretty quickly after he got his last injury. Yeah. Um, Look, Towns because Townsend's reasonably solid. You don't see him get injured that much. Um, I think his body will hold up okay, but his playmaking comes and goes. Like last yeah. year, he, he was pretty average. The year before that, he was pretty bloody good, and he started this year pretty well. So, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit hit and miss. So, you are going to need a genuine match winner at six to work with him, I guess, in that in that space. Um, they also need a better hooker. Both their hooker. Oh, yeah. I think Robson is an upgrade on uh, Granville at the moment, but they they need better than both of them. Yeah. Uh, there's talk that they are still chasing Luke Brooks tentatively. I think Brooks at six would probably work okay up there, um, like alongside Townsend. I think that would probably. I mean, that would definitely work better than what they've currently got. Um, but I, I think now. Yeah, I was going to say, I think now that they've got a halfback, I think now they need to start working on how they improve their defence, and then they start working on the rest of their spine from there. 
Yeah, I, look, if I'm if I'm looking at this from the club's point of view, and the, the coach comes to me and says, "I want Chad Townsend," I'm asking him what his greater plan is, because I want him to say, "I want a an experienced halfback that I know has been there and done that," and then I'm going to put a young five eight next to him, and I'm got, like, because this needs to be a rebuild. This isn't like a retool. And I worry that you get somebody like a Chad Townsend, you know, in a half of a, a retooling mode in a way. Um, that's what worries me because I would have wanted the Cowboys to get either somebody younger at halfback or someone like Adam Reynolds, who is like one of the best halfbacks in the game without question. Um, and there's not too many halfbacks of that level that are older that are like, it's really him and DCE are the only two that I'd say, okay, I get that. Chad Townsend, I think is too low down the totem pole and too old for me to be happy with him. If I'm a Cowboys fan. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I tend to agree. Um, yeah. I like the only thing I can think of, well, so I was going to say, the other thing I can think of is they must have a 16- or 17-year-old halfback mm-hmm. who's an absolute gun, and they just need to bide their time until he comes into the top grade, and that's why they've just gone for a stopgap halfback for three years. Yeah, but... Why else would you do it? Yeah, exactly. Or, like, the perfect the perfect 5'8 to put alongside Townsend would be somebody like a Dylan Brown, where he's going to be coming into the peak of his career over the next couple of years, He's hopefully going to take up more of the mantle of, as a playmaker and he can work off of Townsend, who you're hoping is going to be steady. That's the only way I can see that move working. But we'll see what happens with whoever else they sign. It's good that they're at least making moves. I was worried that they were going to, you know, sort of start re-signing everyone that's already there, which a lot of bad clubs do. Yeah. It's interesting because there's... This this offseason looks like we could have a huge number of playmakers moving mm. around between clubs, mm. uh, more than we've seen before. I think we've got, obviously, Townsend's moved. I think Anthony Milford looks like he might be on the move. Yeah. Um, Tom Dearden's off contract. Sean Johnson's off contract at the Sharks, as is Matt Moylan, whether anyone wants him. Um, Ash Taylor. Uh, Benji Marshall, he only got a one-year deal. Corey Norman, I believe, is off contract. Um, I think Scott Drinkwater is. Um, obviously, Luke Brooks has been told he can have a look around. Uh, that's quite a few. And I the think big also one, one of the, the big young one I think is, is Mitch Moses, who's got a he yes. he has an option in his favour, and I have a feeling that. It, considering that the roost the Rabbitohs, sorry, are happy to leave Adam Reynolds to leave the club. I wouldn't be shocked if they targeted Mitch Moses. Yeah, it's it's, it's very possible. Unless I Mitch do... Moses says, I want a giant deal, because he can stay at Parramatta for the next however many years, and it's going to work out for him. He's going to get a decent-sized paycheck, and he's going to be in a pretty good team. If he if he moves to the Rabbitohs, he's going to be in a pretty good team. He's got a very good halves partner there in in um, Cody Walker. 
and that it's going to just be fine. But if he moves elsewhere, I can't see another move for him that would work out all that well. I think um, the only problem that he'd have with Cody Walker is Cody Walker can have hot and cold moments in a season and in a yeah. game. And Moses can as well. Moses kind of needs someone who is always on their game at six, which is why yeah. it's going to work well with Dylan Brown. And that's the thing. It's like they're two best halves partners in, in Adam Reynolds and Mitch Moses. They're playing alongside. And that's why the South halves work so well. Um, yeah. I, I think that, like, obviously at South, I would rather have Adam Reynolds. Adam Reynolds is a better halfback. But if they're just purely looking to get younger, I can see where they'd look at Mitch Moses and say, he's an option, he's the best available halfback that is uh, quite a bit younger than uh, Adam Reynolds, and we know we can contend for the next, say, four years with him at halfback. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not ideal though. I agree with you. I agree with you. Well, this is the thing. There's, there's so much talent in the halves that's going to be on the market at the moment. Yeah, I think a lot of clubs are going to be able to, you know, they'll be able to take a, you know, their plan B or plan C option as for a halfback and probably still turn out all right. Yeah. Because um, I think Sam Walker at the Roosters might also be on a one year deal this year, and if with them having Kiri coming back, you know, Walker may be looking for a permanent first-time gig, first, you know, NRL gig somewhere. Yeah. He's not going to get it if he's got to sit behind Kiri for a few more years. No. So that's another one that could come up that could move to another club. If you're the if you're the Roosters, though, do you oh, start... Yeah, well, so, so, yeah, you hold on to Walker. But I'm thinking you start to say to... They, you know how the Roosters start saying, oh... We love this guy. He's great. He's just part of the club. And then all of a sudden they say, hey, you're done here. Leave. We don't want you here. I feel like they're going to do that to Kiri pretty soon because he's on a lot of money and he is injury prone. And yeah, he's a good player, but you can't you can't keep investing in those players. No, and let's be honest, the Roosters are good at making the tough calls on players who the, the club actually loves. And they're good at doing it most of the time, before it got too far on in their career. I think it's because they don't actually love anyone. That's probably very true. Yeah. <laughs> I just think they say it. They're like, oh, yeah, he's he's really part of the club. And as soon as it's not working out, they're like, get the fuck out. <laughs> Who are you? Pack your shit and leave. <laughs> no, don't even pack it. We've already done that for you. We posted that shit ages <laughs> yeah. ago. It's expressed yeah. somewhere. We don't even care where. We just fucking put it. We took it to the post office and said, take his shit. I don't care where it goes. Here's 50 bucks. Fucking post it. You go find yeah. your shit. You know what? The Roosters are the only club where one week they can be saying, you know what? He's just everything our club's about. And the next week you turn up to train and then the coach looks over a bunch of players and says, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> Have you got a pass? Yeah. Excuse me, the autograph signings happen later on. <laughs> exactly. Back of the line, young fella. Back of the line. Um Yeah, there's a fair few fair few play movements coming up there. Um there's now talk given that Chad Tanzan's going to the Cowboys that the Sharks are now going to be going into the race to get Adam Reynolds. 
And given that Sean Johnson's coming off contract as well mm-hmm. as Josh Dugan, Aaron Woods, Matt Moylan, um, they're going to have millions to play with. And I think it's going to be pretty hard for Adam Reynolds to say no to them, especially when he can play for the Sharks and not even have to probably leave where he currently lives. Yeah. yeah. It'd look weird him playing for the Sharks, wouldn't it? It'll, to be honest, it'll look weird him playing for any team. True. It still, it still looks weird looking at Benji Marshall wearing red and green. It and is, he's yeah. Played, he's played for other clubs before, and every time it just looks weird. Do you reckon... Like, obviously, the Sharks can offer him more money than he can turn down. Adam Reynolds, I'm talking about. Mm. I, I, I don't know. I just don't like that move. I don't like that move. I don't like that, that move of you've been one of South's best halfbacks in the last, geez, he's been their best halfback in, what, the last 40 years, maybe even 50 years, and all of a sudden you're playing for the Sharks. Uh, could be worse. Speaking of worse, mm-hmm. what do you reckon they're going to do with their halfback situation? Who's that? Your club. Oh, that mob. <laughs> I well, let, let, let's address the news that happened. Um, it's yeah. been confirmed that Jackson Hastings is coming to the club next year, mm-hmm. and some of the talk so far from the club, so take this with a grain of salt, is that he's going to be trying to replicate a similar sort of role as that of Victor Radley as a ball playing forward. Because uh, the club has said that they've they've made... Uh, th- this signing has not been made to try and push Luke Brooks out the door. They've made this with the plan of having Brooks and Hastings in the thirteen. They should just be honest with Brooks. Uh, they should be honest with every person involved in the club. Yeah. We, I, I just don't like it. I don't like the whole idea of, like, we've obviously signed another halfback, but we want Brooks here. And apparently Brooks has said pretty publicly the last few days, I've got a contract here and I'm not moving anywhere. So it's going to get messy. And if it's yeah. going to get messy, the club needs to be really straightforward and out with it and say, we've decided to go in a different direction. We think that Brooks should leave. If he wants to stay, he can stay, but he's not our halfback next year going forward. And if they can have direction like that, I think everyone knows where they stand, and that's fair enough. But all of this Ducks and Drake's bullshit, it just feels like another Robbie Farris situation. Exactly what I was going to say. We've been through this before. Mm-hmm. And it was a complete fucking debacle. Mm-hmm. And it was worse with the Farrah thing because there was no one better at, you know, in that position of hooker at the West Tigers at the time than Robbie Farrah. Yeah. And yet still they didn't want him at the club. And yet when they brought him back, the side got better again. <laughs> and and you that know, was the frustrating part of it is that if you go, you know what, whether you, whether you like Farrah or not, the club had finally managed to sever ties with him. They should have ended it there. Yeah. Instead, they brought him back again and going, why, why fuck him off in the first place if you're just going to bring him back? Well, what's the point? Yeah. 
it defeated the whole purpose of it all. I know that Farron loved the club and he never wanted to leave, but, you know, sometimes you don't get to fucking choose that. And once that decision was made, the club should have just went, you know what, we've shut that door, we're moving on. And they went, yeah, we kind of need Ruby back again. We kind of fucked up there. You go, no, 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 no. You fuck up when you bring a player back after you know you you fucked them off in the first place. You don't, you don't, you know, two fuck ups don't make a good decision. They don't cancel no. each other out. So, I think what they should do now is going. You know, we've signed Hastings, so Brooks, we're not signing you next year. Don't yeah, don't keep I, him at the club. No, no. It, but the thing I it that also concerns me. I don't know if Jackson Hastings is an upgrade. He's not on, as I said, Brooks and. I, I, it's just a weird signing for me. Like, there's all of these players out there that you can say, okay, this guy's going to give more direction to the club. This guy's a flat-out better halfback. This guy might be injury-prone, but, you know, on his day, he's very, very good. And we're trying to replace a halfback that just keeps on fading into the background in games. Oh, let's go and get this untried guy that's played over in England the last couple of years. That makes no sense to me. The only thing you'll probably find out of it is Hastings is probably on a smaller contract. And that's the only thing I can think of as to why they're going that way. Yeah. Um, Tigers are trying to free up cap space. I don't know who they're going to be making a play for. But if they can if they can make a sideways move roster-wise with their halfback and get Hastings for Brooks and save a few hundred grand... Mm-hmm. Um, as well as some of the other players that they're losing, then maybe they're going to have some cash, you know, a fair bit of cash in the war chest um, to make a play for someone or some players that will actually take the team and make them do better than just constantly finishing ninth or lower. Mm-hmm. Who those players are and, and who the club has eyes on is seriously anybody's guess. Um, yeah because there's a few things I need to sort out. So, yeah. But I, I think I think you're right. They, they need to just say, you know what, Luke, we can't have you and Hastings in the team at the same time. Your contract's ending. We've just signed a new one with Hastings. So, you know, we will help you find another club. Yeah, I agree. And just let him go. Just don't Don't hang on to him. You know, they did this stupid thing where they, they had Moses and Bayer and then they signed Josh Reynolds and, you know, Benji Marshall come on. And all of a sudden, we've got bloody five halves at the club and half of them sitting in reserve grade all the time and they're all on, you know, big money. What is, who the fuck signed off on that bullshit? The thing I don't understand is that there are so many playmakers that are, are coming off contract or have you know, an option in their favour. There's a lot of players to choose from. And I just don't understand going the Jackson Hastings route. I I feel like it's another one of those moves by the West Tigers that, like, they've picked the worst of the moves you could probably do. Like, Hastings would be good if, say, he went to the Cowboys this year, where they've got their no-hopers in their halves. Um He'd be good if he went somewhere like a Newcastle where he could at least say, okay, they've put Hastings alongside Mitchell Pearce. Let's see how this goes. You know, Pearce is only there for another season. 
and we'll find out if Hastings is any good. I, I just don't understand putting your money behind Hastings and, you know, that they obviously want rid of Brooks. It's just going to get messy. It's a weird one. I, I, I'm I sick of the Tigers doing this shit where they've got no fucking plan. There's no, there's no fucking blueprint of how they're going to put their team together. They just keep on chucking shit together and hoping that for some miracle it's all going to work. Yeah, that's that's essentially their um their recruitment technique. See, I don't mind if Hastings comes to the club, but he can't come as a seven. He needs to come as a six and have a genuine seven next to him. And I think he'd be fine in that environment. Mm. But that's not what's happening here. Unless they are generally confident they're going to get Adam Reynolds. Then I'm not too disappointed in it. But at the same time, they have to make sure they get rid of and buy and Brooks to make that a smart move. Otherwise, they're spending a ton of money on four players, two of which are only going to be in the first grade side. And that's just stupid. Yeah. I wonder if they end up paying for part of... Um, Brooks's salary while he plays at another club. They probably will, but you know what? It's it's probably not. It's, it's probably money that'd be well spent, to be honest. If if it means that they move on from that and they start working in the right direction. Yeah, but, oh, they um, definitely have to move on from Brooks. Like that's been yeah. very apparent for the last three weeks. Yeah, they're, they're, the experiment's over. Um, I must say, I think Adam Dewey is a much better. Six than Jackson Hastings, mm-hmm. um, so I don't think I, I don't know. I don't I don't think they've thought through what they're going to do with Hastings yet. The fact they were talking about having him as a ball playing forward is evidence that they don't know what they're doing with him. Yeah, they've signed him and they've gone. Oh fuck! We, he said yes. Now what do we do? Yeah, and that's where they're at. It's a strange one. Yeah, a strange club. You'd be a fucking moron to follow him. I tell you. <laughs> should we uh read some emails yes we should okay so we've got one from david here david actually uh emailed us a couple of days ago about players from non-traditional uh areas uh, do you remember that email i think so yes yeah he says so here's his email so he sent this a few days ago he said hi guys Thanks for discussing my idea on the pod. I think I might not have described what I meant by traditional non-rugby league areas clearly enough. When I said non-rugby league areas, I was meaning anything outside the heartland states. Developing grassroots could developing grassroots could be, for example, roosters developing programs in Perth. Sorry, what? <laughs> yeah. I understand. These words are together. But I don't think they make sense. Um, For example, Roosters developing programs in Perth or any other club doing something in Northern Territory in South or South Africa or USA, etc. Basically, (laughs) basically anything outside of New South Wales slash Queensland, where I was coming from on that. NRL could define these target areas to line up with long-term strategic planning. That's another. I, I understand the letters and the words, but together, like, long-term like strategic English. planning. Yeah, he, uh, uh, 
He says, side note, I really enjoy when you discuss the Tiger issues in a constructive way with potential solutions. They definitely should be focusing on the MacArthur footprint for a chance to become a successful club. I think a rebrand is needed for them. How's the MacArthur magpie sound? They could put a Tiger... They could put a tiger stripe on their sleeves so Bowman fans don't feel hard done by. Ah, I hope, hope you are both well, David. I'll tell you what, I don't think Bowman fans be that hard done by. I don't know if there's many of them left, to be honest. But I I don't think the game needs a Magpies team. And I think it's because Collingwood have taken ownership of that and... They're basically just a club full of racists. I don't think we need a club that's like that in rugby league. Yeah, so I'm happy you know, just to have the Tigers there. But the thing is, like, AFL, it doesn't matter outside of fucking Victoria. Mate, like, have no you one not, cares. Have you not read the 17 articles that Peter Volandi's been interviewed in this week? Well, he talks about it a lot, but he's an idiot. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm led to believe that AFL is something that we need to be talking about because he talks about it all the time. It is strange. Yeah. Um, look, I, I I see where David's coming from. I think that would be a pretty cool idea where if the NRL put down areas and said this area here is available for a team and they would get discounts for developing in that area, that would be cool. I like that idea when he puts it that way. Yeah, look, it's... The problem is there'd be, there'd be clubs that would bitch and moan about it, like Melbourne... And there'll be clubs that would rot the system. Yeah, but as long That's as it was, as long as it was looked at by the the NRL, and like you couldn't move a player, say from the Penrith Junior District, move them over to Perth for a year or two, and then pull them out of Perth and say, well, they're from this Perth development area that we've got. Like that, they would have to have safeguards for that sort of thing. But if they could do that, I, I like the idea. I. I mean, I think if it was tied in with an idea I had ages ago, and that is uh, the salary cap for each club is run by the NRL, not by the clubs. Mm-hmm. I think if you did the same thing with the, the junior system that, that Dave's mentioned, yeah, if it's properly um, managed by the NRL, mm-hmm. I think it, it definitely has the potential to work. What are the chances the NRL would do it properly? Zero. Yeah. Zero. Takes forethought, and it has nothing... It has no connection whatsoever with the good old days. Yeah, that's true. Everything's got to go back to the good old days. Yeah. The MacArthur Magpies do sound pretty good, though. I'd be more inclined to go with, um, like, a Liverpool team. Like, what Liverpool... uh... Just call it Liverpool Tigers or, you know, something like that. Liverpool Tigers. Even, even give them a different name. Call them Liverpool Lions. They can have something completely different and be entirely on their own. That would be pretty cool. But just something that's actually based in that area that isn't a fucking gypsy team that moves around everywhere. Yeah. And you can actually build a junior network based on that region. I'd, I'll be honest. I've not had a, a genuine look at... Um, yeah, you know, gene development areas in Sydney for several years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that the the Bowman Junior area is as strong as it used to be, or that it's growing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and this is going to sound like blasphemy, I guess, but if it's if it is shrinking, 
and it's struggling, then I see no reason why the West Tigers should try and focus on it. I think they should just let Parramatta have it and just go and move themselves out Campbelltown way or Liverpool way and just be done with it. Um, yeah. And, and that's, that, only, that's only if the Balmain area is shrinking, though. You know, as I said, I've not looked at it for a few years, so I could be wrong. Look, that goes back to, I think, in episode one, you and me were saying that we feel like it might be time to have a look at the junior bases, the junior development areas for each NRL club, and maybe it's time to redraw the boundary lines to something that, you know, reflects 2021, not, you know, the 1960s or whatever. Yeah, whatever those boundaries were last looked at. Yeah, because that makes sense. Like, this idea that you can, like, (laughs) Campbelltown and Balmain, are two very, very different areas with very, very different needs between them. Like, I don't think it, it, any club should have to look at those two areas just on their own. Like, I agree with you. That it's probably better that Parramatta looks after an area like that or, I don't know, It, it I just think that those boundaries should be looked at. Yeah. Um if, I mean, it's a different different argument altogether. If the Balmain region is strong and it's growing, mm-hmm. then obviously the West Tigers need to preserve it. But, you know, it, it's a complicated system to work with there given that they're not exactly close. Mm-hmm. And as you say, they're two very different markets. You know, you, you, your club's working twice as hard. It yeah. just, seems, just seems nonsense because... While they're doing that, they're not giving 100% devotion to either the Balmain or the West area. They're just doing a half-assed job in both areas, and look mm-hmm. what that's got us. Exactly, exactly. Um, we got another email here, and it's from Chris, and he says, Considering how Gus reactivated pathways to get the Panthers to take full advantage of their junior base, should the West Tigers look to Gus to help them? This is, of course, a hypothetical as the Tigers would never think of doing something as useful as using one of the biggest junior bases in the code. Well said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, I, I don't think you need to go to Gus all the time. I think there's probably other people who know how to do this sort of stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. but if he's available and he wants to do it, then it would make sense. They definitely need to get someone, though, whose focus is purely and solely on junior pathways because there's no reason why the West Tigers shouldn't have a ton of them set up already mm-hmm. and why they shouldn't have a heap of players just coming off the production line coming straight into first grade. But they're not. Um, and the only, pe- the only one to blame for all of that is the West Tigers. I would also say, like, it was very easy to you know, reactivate the junior pathways in Penrith because they just had to start picking players again. Like, the the talent was there. It's just a case of using it again because the Panthers, it was really weird. There was, I think there was one time during the Elliott era where they had brought in two junior players over the course of two seasons, which is absolutely outrageous. Uh, and this is at a time when they needed talent in the club and they just, for some reason, they weren't picking their junior players. It was really weird. So, but I, look, if I was the West Tigers and they won't do it, but I would get in touch with Penrith and say, look, we need some help with the junior pathways here. We want to learn from you guys. I don't know how much help Penrith would give them, but 
I don't think they would brush them aside completely. I think they would pick up some sort of information out of talks with Penrith. So, but, you know, there's a thousand problems at the Tigers. It's just one of them, really. Who who starts Uh, that conversation between the West Tigers and Penrith? Because Potato can't. No, Potato can't. Like, if he he rings up Penrith, they should just put the phone down. Like, quietly, not slam it, just place it down. I've got a feeling that every time he rings Penrith, yeah. Everyone goes, hang on, hang on, hang on. Justin's called again. Put on a loudspeaker, put on a loudspeaker. And they sit there and listen to it. They just, they mute it. They just sit there laughing and go, <laughs> yeah. no, he said it, he said it, he said it. <laughs> oh, this dumb bus doesn't know whether he was sacked or resigned. Oh, what's he saying, Neil? What's he saying? <laughs> I was, you know what? I was going to say the exact same thing that they all get in the office and put him on loudspeaker. It's funny you said that too. Um, we've got another email here from Andrew Marzalay, as you call him. Yep. He says, men, I caught the Matty John show tonight. And he says on Sunday, the 18th of April. Anyhow, they had Brendan, uh, Brandon Smith on as a guest host. It turned into one of the better shows Matty's had. One of the highlights for me was when Brandon said, was asked, what change he would make if he was the Fox League boss? And his response was, turn NRL 360 into NRL 120 by getting rid of Paul Kent and James Hooper. Hard to disagree. <laughs> so it seems the players aren't fans either. Keep up the good work, Andy. Uh, you got to love Brandon Smith. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there'll, be an, there'll be an article tomorrow. Kent, Kenty and Hoops. Fight, you know, fire back at Brandon Smith. Yeah, they've probably already fired back in some way, haven't they? Yeah. I dare say James Hooper farted and wrote about it. That's probably the Blogged best about buddy. That'll be the best content he's produced in about the last six years. Yeah, that's true. Not the content, but the farting. <laughs> the uh, We're going to do, we, like, when when people send emails in, do it through the website because it all comes up in the one place and it's just too much to go through all the my, cause I get a lot of emails during the day. And if you send me direct emails, they go missing. So we've got a new policy on the podcast. If you want to get in touch, you go to fergunfreak.com and you go to the contact section and you send us a message through there. That's the 100% best way to get in touch with us now. I assume then that we've just had a bit of a cull of some interns. Yeah, we had to kill some interns. Cull, cull. Oh, call it whatever you want, really. We agreed up in the same place. We agreed before we use the word cull because it sounds less aggressive. It does. It does. And less less rebellious. (laughs) Yeah. People start getting all up in arms. It's like, you can't kill your interns, and it's like they signed the waiver. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we had to get rid of some interns. That's all right. See, Gus thinks all you got to do is sign a waiver, and you can do whatever the fuck you want to people. Really? Yeah, he's, he was saying that, you know, with the HIAs. Why don't you oh, just get yeah. all the players to sign a waiver? You just that signed way, you a know, waiver. You just sign a waiver. I like that they asked... Did you say he he said to Paul Gallen, 
Paul, you would have signed a waiver when you were 20. And he was like, yeah, I would have. And I'm thinking to myself, wrong person to ask. I reckon he would have allowed a lot of stuff to happen. <laughs> oh, while we're on Paul Gallon, his big fight with uh, Lucas Brown ended after about 50 seconds. Mm-hmm. So to all of those people, feel good included, um, who, who bought the pay-per-view, you've just spent about just over a dollar per second for that fight. Um, so hope you enjoyed it. Money well spent. I can't believe people buy them fights, eh? Yeah, well, Paul Gallon is now ranked number two in Australia in the heavyweight division and number 62 worldwide. So um, how many how many more fights before you think you'll take on, say, Tyson Fury for the world title? A million. <laughs> <laughs> and how long will Gal last against Tyson Fury? Uh, I reckon he would last 20 seconds. And uh, in the in the pre-match build-up, yeah. How many times would Gal call him a pussy? Well, <laughs> he's quite the orator, Paul Gallen. <laughs> he is, you know. So, um, what there was something Lucas Neal was calling him. Um, Lucas Brown. Lucas Brown. Oh, Lucas, Lucas Neal was a soccer player. <laughs> he was. Maybe that hey, I stand by what I said. Lucas Neal was saying some nasty things this week. <laughs> <laughs> about Paul Gallon. Uh yeah. He he was calling him Peptide Paul, apparently in the press conferences and stuff. Oh jeez. Aren't they classy? Yeah. It's uh and they say boxing's dead. Ah, uh, see, Anthony Mundine he 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 got it back on its feet in this country. He really and everyone thought and everyone thought, Oh, is that what we do at the end of our football careers? He brought it out of small RSL clubs and took it into big RSL clubs. <laughs> so he got the pay-per-view rate from, from about $4.50 for, for the whole year to, you know, 40 or 50 bucks for one stupid fight. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird one. It's a really weird one. I don't understand it. Celebrity boxing, eh? Like, I love watching people bunch, punch the shit out of each other. I really do. But I would not pay for what was on tonight. No way. Well, no. It's, uh... <laughs> I think the last time he gallon had a fight, it was about 50 or 50 bucks or something like that as well. I went, really? Yeah, you know what? I would consider it if there were three or four other title fights on after his fight that involved genuine long-term boxers. What's the last pay-per-view fight you actually bought? I've never bought one. Oh, really? No. I've I've bought a lot of them over the years. I think, but in, my always... young, I think in my younger days, I may have bought a few um, wrestling pay-per-views, but that would have been... See, um... I, I think my last one was actually a UFC event, and... I, I can't remember who was in it, but I, I remember some fighters pulled out of it, and so it was really disappointing. And I, I just the problem with UFC events is, anytime there's a fight you're really looking forward to, something always happens to cancel that fight, and it's so disappointing. And I just couldn't do that anymore. Yeah. But I used to buy like Tyson's fights, Roy Jones Jr.'s fights. I used to buy them all the time. Um, 
I bought a couple of uh, Sugar Ray Leonard's fights, even though it was the end of his career, because I love Sugar Ray Leonard. And, uh, yeah, used to buy him quite a lot. Cool. Yeah, no, I never got into it. Yeah. Yeah. Went to went to a few boxing events, um, you know, localised things, and just went, man, this shit just goes on and on all night. <laughs> yeah. I've never been to an actual boxing event. Um, they're, not, they're not too bad. I think the problem would be you'd get a better view on TV. That's exactly it. It's, yeah, that's exactly it. You, you do get a much better view on TV. And and the other thing is, like, I, I feel like the only way to really enjoy it is if it was one of those super crazy hyped out up fights and you were just the right amount of drunk where it didn't really <laughs> matter what was going on. You were just going along with the crowd. <laughs> Like, and that's a real thin line to stay on for four hours or whatever. Yeah, eight. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know how long they go for nowadays. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I used to do reviews of every State of Origin game, and I ended up stopping doing them because I would get so drunk during State of Origin games, I would barely remember what happened. That makes you pretty much qualified to be a Dalian judge, doesn't it? (laughs) Makes me sound like a fucking journalist. Yeah. Now all you need is the blog like James Hooper and stuff like that, and you you will be a journalist. Hang on a second. Oh, shit. <laughs> fucking hell. We've just stumbled on. That That's troubling, that is. That's terrible. I feel dirty now. Yeah, we, we, we have to fix that. <laughs> um... So the best way to fix that is uh, you need to go to patreon.com slash leaguefreak and donate money to this man, rugby league's longest serving journalist. Fuck you. <laughs> How fucking dare you? Give him some coin to help him purge his body of these sins. <laughs> <laughs> that actually sounds like an awesome thing to do. Exactly right. I really enjoy purging my body of sin. Um, yeah, anything goes towards... I tell you what, the last two months, the number of fucking website addresses that have, <laughs> <laughs> that have redone themselves over the last two months, like, just when I think I'm done, it's like, then the superleaguewar.com and superleaguewar.com are both on the same day, and I'm like... Oh, that's got to be the end of it. SalfordRedDevils.co.uk. Oh, that's got to be the end of it. And they just keep coming over and over again. And it's like, can we just, like, what was I thinking buying all of these website addresses? But it doesn't just go towards that. It also goes towards my website's um, server costs. So, and it just goes, goes all straight into that. So if you can help out, that'd be great. That's what we all got to be doing. Yeah. Just tip you know, a few coin in there. He's got exactly. some tears, so you can get some merch as well. That's a good thing. Yeah, you get a mug. Yeah, you get Nadine's some... got it. Nadine got a mug. Oh, yeah. How's she going with the Instagram thing? Oh, that's right. I haven't sorted it out yet. Yeah, we've got to sort that out. Um, by the way, <laughs> right, you've got your wallet out, okay? Don't pay a dollar per second for 50 seconds of boxing. Like, why would you do that? Instead, take that money and you go to patreon.com forward slash RL project and you put the money into that 
because we all use rugbyleagueproject.org. It is the greatest statistical rugby league website on planet Earth. And every other statistical website, as Andrew says, is shit. No, he doesn't say <laughs> that. He's a very nice person. That's me saying that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Andrew. I shouldn't even joke about that stuff because I know what people are fucking like. But take it from me. They're fucking shit. So you go to... <laughs> go to patreon.com slash project and you put your money there, okay? You back the winner, and the winner is project. Can I just say, too? Yeah. If you do put down a dollar per mm-hmm. second, yeah, I think it's going to come into about a lazy $31 million-ish per year. Yeah. Um, so that would be good. That I'll, I'll get nice. a. Um, I will build with that money a statistics center of excellence. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll have an abacus, maybe two. I'll have enough money for two. I'll put two abacuses in there. There's two abacuses. Is, it, is that an abacai? That's a re- abacus. It, it, I feel like abacuses would be wrong. Yeah. See, these are the questions no one ever asked us, so we never have to look them up. Yeah. What if we change, what if for a certain amount of money, would you change, like, because you, don't you have, like, a subtitle for the website? Do you have a subtitle? Uh, no. Okay. So it's there to be purchased, right? What if you put a price tag on rugbyleagueproject.org and the subtitle ends up being, like, all the other statistical websites are shit compared to this? Oh, it's like our slogan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like better than the shit. Yeah. Better than the shit everywhere else. Yeah. What could... How much would that cost? Oh... I don't know. I don't I don't want to make it too small so that I've got to do it, but also I don't want to make it too high so I scare people off from not doing it. I'll put my Bitcoin earnings into it. Ooh... So that I mean that's a starting point around about uh two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month, isn't it? Holy crap. I wish. <laughs> maybe maybe that's one something I could put on my website. You you buy whatever the uh you want the banner on my website to say. And literally whatever it is. Ooh, yeah. You know what I was gonna do once? Have you ever seen Fight Club? No. Okay, I didn't think so. There's a there's a point in Fight Club where our hero is talking about how he used to work in a movie projection theatre and he would splice pornography into cartoons just one <laughs> frame at a time. I actually... <laughs> I was going to have my banner on my website as an animated banner, but it was just for a split second... <laughs> Going to be the exact same clip out of Fight Club. Fair enough. Yeah. And I was going to see how long it took for someone to pick up on it. But then I thought, no, nah, I might get kicked off my server if I do that. Yeah, they're probably kicking you off now for thinking it. Probably. And for now saying it. I mean, we haven't even finished this episode. They've probably already heard it and they're already starting to get, uh, you know, a bit iffy about it. Ah, fuck them. 
<laughs> that's if they don't like it, that's what the money's for. Exactly. And all the other stuff. Yeah. It's been hey, a good was, episode. It has been. I was just going to say, I saw something actually the other day at a uh, kid's toy shop. Okay. It's a Lego version of Iron Man's helmet. Oh, really? Like a yeah. full-size helmet? Yeah. Nice. And I thought, if I had Bitcoin, I'd buy that for you. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah. But, I, car- I currently have three Iron Man helmets. Yeah, you need a Lego one. A Lego one would be nice. My next purchase is probably going to be a full-size Mandalorian helmet. Um, but for anyone that wants to know, I've got the, the Mark V helmet. Opens very cool. I've got the Mark... 46 helmet and the mark 85 helmet and that they all open up make noises light up eyes everything and i can wear them too they're all full-sized so yeah i'd like to know if there's anyone there that actually does want to know that information i don't know you know star (laughs) star wars day how i had that video clip i put up for star wars day last year yeah yeah. Uh, I'm thinking for this Star Wars day that comes up next month, I'm going to show some of the figures I have, Star Wars collection figures that I've got. I think people will like to see what I've got. Jar Jar Binks? No, I don't have Jar Jar Binks. They didn't make a Jar Jar Binks from memory. But uh, I I, I can tell people what I've got. I've got a Luke, uh, Luke Skywalker from Return of the Jedi. I've got a Darth Vader from Empire Strikes Back. I've got a Mandalorian, a full Beskar Mandalorian, mind you. And I've got Darth Maul from the Solo movie. As in the soft drink? No, Han Solo movie. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> oh, dear. Well, that was that was riveting. Thanks. Um <laughs> Shall we, shall we have a look at the footy tipping? Yeah, let's have a look at the footy tipping. Um, I think I'm in fourth place at the moment. Yeah. Remember how I said at the start of the year that I usually start off strong and then after about two weeks I fall, fall way down the list? Yeah. Yeah, I was right. Okay. Well, it happens. Um, so, let's see. Where's the total tips? There we go. Raylene. Is this right? Am I on the right one here? Total tips. I think you're on the wrong run. Which one was on there? Oh, that was the West Tigers one. Here we go. James Cunningham. That's he's currently it. sitting at 37 with Sarah Miller. They're at the top. Yeah, they're killing it so far. Uh, Peter, Freaky, and Marksman plays are on 36. Andrew Marjolech is at 35 with... Uh, the, the Dickhat Devil Saw Squirters and Nadine. Um, Daniel Watson Hayes, Brett Sharman, and Gary Frincher on 34. Kirk Galbraith, Jeremy Agar, Stephen Gibson, and the uh, Stone Gossard off Twitter. They're on 33. Regan Seaton, David Kingston, and Julietta on 32. And Dapper Dan, Simon McInnes, and Aaron Gutzel are all at 31. And then the rest of us will just make up the numbers. I'm on 30. <laughs> Who's coming last? Brandon. Who's coming last? Come it's on, Brandon. Brandon Mavenil. He's on 21. You know you're doing poorly 
when you're behind me by that much already. So I will continue tipping like absolute garbage, Brandon, until you catch up. It's pretty cool that we've got 37 people in our comp, hey? Absolutely. Feel free to invite your friends into the competition, by the way. Yeah, they can join up whenever they want. Yeah, we don't care. It's not like it's a closed shop or anything. Even if they don't listen to the podcast, say, hey, join this competition. See if you can uh, do well. See if you can get bragging rights. Exactly. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a bit of a, uh, a bit of a joke to, uh, to okay. finish the episode. Yep. Um, it's over on the NRO website. Did you know they've got a comedy section over there now? No, I didn't. Oh, mate, this is brilliant. Yeah. Uh, we just had a look over there, and it's not just like you don't have to read it. It's not articles. They've got videos. Yeah. Some of the greatest stuff here. Um, they've got one here. This one this week is brilliant. It's called The Fundamentals of Trial-Line Defense. And it's his stand-up work by Anthony Seabold. Oh, nice. And it's fantastic, man. You can check it out. If there's one person I want to learn about trial-line defense from, it's him. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's, it's some of his best work. Who knew that he was just this amazing comedian all along? All satire. Yeah, we thought he was a sook all all along. He was just, he was just whipping and quipping. Exactly. There you go. I don't even know what that means, but there you go. Um, I suppose that wraps this one up. Yeah, thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, Our next episode is going to be interesting. I think I'll, I think I'll anger so many people. Hey, with an opinion. Why not? Yeah. Well, let's do that. Yeah, I don't think we triggered anyone tonight. No, I'm sure we didn't. <laughs> oh, by the way, mm-hmm. Latrell definitely tried to kick Garner in the head. I'm just going to leave that there. I know, I know that upsets a few people. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Virgo Freak Pod. We're on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, MySpace. Uh, so check us all out on there. Um, make sure you check out our website, Virgo Freak. Is it Virgo and the Freak? Virgo and the Freak dot com. Yes, yeah, I thought it was. Um, so check us out over there. And as Freaky said, you know, go over there and leave us a, a message, which we'll read out and answer your answer your inquiries. Um, Make sure you go to your podcast listening app and give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. That would be fantastic because we'll read those out on the podcast as well and we'll put them up on the website. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, thank you for listening. And we'll catch you all next time.